Is Norman Bates related to you? I'm marrying his mother. Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast where we cover the A&E show Bates Motel. Today we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 2, titled Goodnight Mother. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. So this is where we do the actual recap of Goodnight Mother. Right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. We're going to recap the episode now. Although it's only been a mere second since we recorded the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking we're getting enough feedback that we need to release yep. two podcasts. Or at least the ones we do, we will do this probably. Just so you don't have like four hour long. Exactly. Because, yeah, and... Don't let that disperse you from sending feedback. Send it in. We love it. No, and we'll need more to fill in an entire podcast of your feedback. So yep. please. Yep. 
So, all right, on to the recap. So we start with an outside shot of the Bates house before the sun is up, and Norma is in the bedroom window. (laughs) Uh, Cuts to inside her bedroom, and Norma is leaving a voicemail for Dr. Edwards, saying that Norma needs to get into Pineview right away. Did you notice how, like, it stops and she has to do a new voicemail? It's like, I wonder how many she, I wonder how long this voicemail is. Oh, yeah. After the uh, Hey Psycho reference of Norma in the window, my next note is, I wonder how many of those piggyback voicemails Norma sent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your imagination's the limit. (laughs) Oh, and I did want to write down, and I did, this episode, because we should mention this every time. This one was written by Carrie Aaron and Tori Spear and directed by uh, Tim Southam. Because it was just a great one. Anyway. Hmm. Yes. Okay. So she walks into Norman's room and asks how he is doing. He says he doesn't remember anything from the day before, and he feels worn out like he ran a marathon. He asks what happened yesterday, and she says he had a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might feel like you ran a marathon because you (laughs) strangled someone and dealt with a dead body and all of that. (laughs) It's got to be hard work. Um. He says the last thing he remembers is being locked in her room. He asked what she, what was so urgent that she had to lock him up. She said she had to go get groceries. They were out of everything. <laughs> she said she is only human and doesn't know how to handle everything under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good description of what she does have to handle on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, she says she thinks his blackouts are triggered by stress and she needs him to stay home and rest. They can play cards, watch movies, and bake a cake. And then she leaves to make breakfast. And that sounds like an awesome day to me. And I love... I know. I was like, I want to do that with you guys. I know. I want to play cards and watch movies and make a cake. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice when she leaves his room, she like opens the door as wide as it will go and looks back at him like, huh? Huh? Like, not locking you in. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Free to roam. (laughs) See? So next we see Norman in the bathroom washing his face. He looks in the mirror and starts picturing Emma's mom, Audrey, being dragged down to the cellar. We see Norma at the chest freezer, and Audrey is in the freezer. Just as Norma is about to close the lid, Audrey opens her eyes, and she tries to prevent the, to prevent Norma from closing the lid. Norma finally gets it closed and sits on top of the freezer, and you can hear Audrey in the freezer screaming and pounding on the lid. Then we hear Norma yelling to Norman that breakfast is ready. Yep, pretty terrifying. Terrifying. Then we have the opening sequence. And next we see Norma and Norman in the kitchen. She says there is no cream. He says he thought she brought groceries while he was locked up. She says, why are you saying that like I locked you in a dog crate or something? (laughs) (laughs) She's... (laughs) She's doing the Norma downplay. Yep. <laughs> She's a pro. <laughs> I'm alive. You're alive. Whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> she said she did buy groceries. She just forgot cream and told him to stop hurling accusations at her. He says he's not. He is just wondering what happened while he was locked up. She says, what are you doing? I went to the market to buy groceries and now I'm done talking about it. Then Norman says, Where are the grocery bags? (laughs) Norma tells him to eat his breakfast, or she is throwing it in the trash. (laughs) 
That was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next, Emma is in her hospital room. Will and Dylan are there, and the nurse is explaining they are going to take her breathing tube out. The doctor comes in and tells Emma to cough until he says stop. She coughs and he pulls the tube out. Emma is having a hard time breathing. Dylan starts freaking out, and she finally takes a breath. The doctor tells her not to talk for a while because her throat will be sore. So that was the same doctor that, was it Matt, was talking about? Is pretty famous, and he thought that was a pretty small part for him. Oh, is it? I. Yeah, I think so. I forgot about that. I said, well, he might be back, and he was for, he was for another second. Another, <laughs> you know. <laughs> scene where his acting talents were not quite displayed well <laughs> but anyway I just had to point out that he was back <laughs> um, let's see so next we see Norma in the kitchen doing the dishes Norman stands in the doorway watching her he walks in and is holding some DVDs he says how about Key Largo she says let's watch something funny like His Girl Friday or a Carol Lombard movie and then she says this she needs. This does sound like such a great day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she says she needs to run down and do something at the motel. He says he'll go with her. She says no, he should stay in the house. It's cold outside, and she doesn't want him getting a cold on top of everything else. He asks what she needs to do at the motel that is so urgent, <laughs> and she says she needs to clean one of the rooms because someone checked out yesterday. He asks who because he didn't see anyone down there. She says that's because he has been blacked out or asleep the last 24 hours. She says it's just a woman, and she will be right back, and she leaves. This is the point where Norma's like, needs to say, Norman, get out of my grill. <laughs> yep. Jeez. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bip. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next, we see Norman in the cellar. He opens the lid of the freezer, and it's empty. I really thought it was not going to be empty. I didn't. I know. I totally expected I so to see surprised. a frozen body. <laughs> Hello, frozen body. <laughs> Cuts to Norma walking into the house. She calls for Norman a few times. She goes down to the cellar, and he is standing at the freezer. She asks what he is doing, and he says, looking in the freezer. She looks at some plastic bags and asks why, and then asks why the dead animals are out. He says, maybe because someone took them out of the freezer to make room for something else bigger than a dead skunk or pheasant. Then he slams the freezer lid shut. He asks why she keeps doing this. She says, doing what? He says he knows why she locked him up. She says she told him why. He says to stop it, this is not a game. He says she needs to start being honest with him so he can help her or get her help. Then he asks, where did you put her? Norma says, but who? Norman says, the woman with red hair, flowered scarf, and big earrings. I know you had her in the freezer. You didn't know. I saw you, but I did. Norma says, she checked out. What are you talking about? Her luggage wasn't there. He says, she must have hid it somewhere. She says, she didn't hide anything. He says, I don't judge you. I love you so much, and I always will. I just think, I just think you need to let me handle things from now on, okay? You need to let me help you. Norma walks up to him and hugs him and says it's going to be okay. That was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh dear. Yep. <laughs> and she just wants to hug him. It's so sad. 
we're going to be okay. And then the doorbell rings. Norman says, he'll get it. And she says, no, she will get it. And she runs up the stairs. You know, that just reminded me, reading that recap, maybe in his mind he could rationalize that he blacks out because his mother's doing bad things. Mm. You know, like it's an oppressed memory. Right, right. I just haven't thought of that before. I haven't either, but that's, yeah, that could be. That'd be a rationalization. I mean, you hear about people suppressing. Sure. Things and seeing your mother killing people could be one of those things. <laughs> could be one of those things, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> anyway, interesting. So here he's saying, I saw you put her in the freezer and stuff. So do you think at this point is where, do you think Norma has caught on? Holy crap. Or do you think she's still kind of confused? I think Norma is half confused, half shushing, and half putting it together that she doesn't want to put together. And we know how Norma is. Right. Because I think a little later when she talks about the motel guest checking out and her luggage is gone, she's like, good. There's no mystery like Annika. She's gone. Well, she says it here. She's like, she checked out. Her luggage wasn't there. Okay, yeah. She's... She's doing a lot of things right now, if you ask me. She is, she's shushing and, you know, Uh she is putting it together, but she's also. She's not convinced that he killed her. Okay. But she's worried. Right. Definitely. Right. And so when she goes up to talk to Romero, she's a little nervous. It it would be worrisome if someone's like, I saw you kill her and put her in. (laughs) Especially when it's your son and you can put it together that Dylan said he's seen her. Right. Him be her. He thinks he's you, Mom, you know. And Caleb told her that, too. Yes. So two people now have said, he thinks he's he's you. (laughs) She can do the Norma shush all she wants, (laughs) but she knows that's still going to be in the back of her mind. Right. At least in the back of her mind. Right. Okay. So next we see Romero on the Bates porch. Norma opens the door and walks out and closes the door. She asks what's wrong, and he says nothing. I just love how in the last two episodes, every time these two have greeted each other, it's like, what happened? What's wrong? Well, that's the thing. That's exactly <laughs> she's. I think she said the exact things he said. I think so. When she called him, and she's like, whatever happened to hello? <laughs> like, she did it. Exactly. These two just can't casually run into each other. <laughs> And I just love that they mirrored it. She would let him in. She says the exact, (laughs) what's wrong instead of hello. And he's taken aback. Yeah. It's amazing. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says he just came by to check on her and make sure she is doing okay. She says, I'm fine. Why wouldn't I be fine? (laughs) He he says, maybe because she came to his house and asked him to marry her for insurance. Maybe she may not be fine. (laughs) Norma says, yeah, we're all good here. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks him for stopping by. He says, I'm sorry. And she thanks him again for stopping by. And again, he says, I'm sorry. She asked for what? And he says, because he couldn't help her out. 
She says it was silly, and she doesn't know what she was thinking. And this was just one of the best Vera moments where Alex is, like, saying, because I couldn't help you out. And she, like, puts her finger over her lips, like, shh, let's not talk about this. <laughs> she totally did. She was like, like she don't was say so it, and it didn't happen. <laughs> she was so embarrassed. <laughs> Just putting her finger over her lips, like, be quiet. (laughs) It was so great. (laughs) Um, So she says it was silly, and she doesn't know what she was thinking. Then she looks at the pit and says it rained all night, and the pit is going to turn into a lake. He says she needs to get it filled in. Someone could fall in, and she'll have a lawsuit on her hands. She snaps at him that she doesn't have the money to do it. Then she says she's sorry. She needs to get Norman into Pineview, and she can't. She needs to have insurance, and she doesn't. She says it's not his problem and turns to go inside. He grabs her arm and says to hold on and then asks her if she is afraid to be there alone with Norman. She says no and not to worry. She'll figure it out. He says if she is scared, she needs to let him know. She says she is not scared and thanks him for stopping by and goes inside. She said thank you for stopping by so many times. I know. So he knows she's scared. Oh, you know, as as we've said, Romero is a smart, yeah, astute. He reads people. He has reads said people. this before. He is yes. a good cop. He is good at reading people. Yeah, he's good at what he does, and this is what he does. And yep. she is showing every sign of fine. <laughs> she is not fine. Things yep. are not fine in there. Just putting it together that she was so desperate she went over to his house at what six thirty in the morning yes and asked him to marry her yeah for insurance i mean this is these are the marks of a desperate woman yeah and he could put that together very easily and and he loves her and this is where he's yeah. thinking okay i need to be here i need to protect her something's and going how on much well, a full day's gone by. He's probably thought of very little else than Norma coming over and asking him to marry. I right. mean, let's face it. <laughs> He's stewed over and thought about it for an entire day. Right. And plus, he knows that Norman is dangerous. There's no way that he doesn't think that Norman didn't kill Blair Watson. He knows Norman killed Blair. Yeah. Norman passed the lie detector somehow in his mind mm-hmm. but he that doesn't mean he's innocent you know so he just can't pinpoint it on him right so you know there's just all this in the back of his head you know yeah and like i said he's it's it was enough to get him over his i killed bob and i'm kind of upset about all of it and maybe even right not maybe he was upset at norma for making him do it at that point right Sure. He he was in a he was in a mood and he deserved to be <laughs> last episode. He just killed a childhood friend. <laughs> yeah. For her. And she's just bugging him. And Right. No matter how much he might like her, she just was a gnat at that last episode for him. Just like I said, he needed some peace, he needed some Romero time, and he did not get that. And then he's had a full day to just stew about it and run it all through his mind and come to conclusions probably a lot of them right and now he's there to check on Norma and she's acting 
really suspicious and right and he's probably he's had time i mean it's been a day so that's not a lot of time but it's time enough to i think it's kind of justify killing bob yeah he did it for norma but you know those two girls were also murdered and you know bob wasn't a great guy no no i think he's okay i just think think he needed a little he just needed some time yep Oh, and I forgot. He knows. He knows for a fact that Norman killed his father. father, and he knows that Norman killed Cody's dad. Even though that was ruled an accident, it still happened. <laughs> right. You know. But that was different. But yeah, it was different. But here's three people. Yeah. How many people do people kill? <laughs> you know, your normal average teenager. Your normal Girl. average teenager. <laughs> Maybe one percent of them has killed someone, but here's a eighteen year old with a three body count. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something's off. <laughs> and it's the son of the woman he's in love with. And she's obviously scared. And lying mm-hmm. to him again. So Yep. Anyway. It was brilliant. Yep. They're, they're just doing this so great. Yeah. The slow build. I love it. Yep. And it makes, it's just so realistic. I, I mean, as realistic as it can be. I just think yes. they're feeling real emotions and they're making it work right. The writers are. And then the actors are doing it beautifully. It's. Yep. It's really good. I mean, I love that we're already, we're in season four. And there hasn't been like a kiss yet between that, you know. I just love, I know. I was I thinking of that last night. I asked, I watched the episode again, and I was just like, I just kind of basped my warm fuzzies of what's coming next for Romero and Norma. And I'm like, they have never kissed. Yep. And I got surprised. Yep. Nope. And most shows, that would have happened way before now. Yeah. They would have thrown these two together really quickly. And then let all the drama happen. And instead, all the drama's happening. It's awesome. Yeah, which makes me think that, again, that their relationship is very different. and Very different than anything Norma's had. Yep. That's a good thing. Yep. Okay. Next, we see Romero getting some of the money out of his fireplace. Do you remember how many stacks of those packages of money he put in last episode? No. It It seems like it was three or four, but I get the idea there might have even been more than that. They just didn't show us them all or something. Bob traveled with a lot. It seemed like that that was a pretty big backpack, and it seems like it was fairly full. So there could be like we sat and tried to decide how much we thought Bob might have been carrying with him, and I think we really undershot it. <laughs> I think so, yeah, because I was kind of in my mind going, well, let's say there's stacks of 50,000. So let's yeah. say there's four or five of them. That's like $250,000. Yeah, it's way more than it that. It could be. he only took out it could be a, at least twice that. a couple stacks, and that was enough for a couple months and enough for her to take that bribe. How much do you think that he gave her? Ooh. 75000 Mm, I think that's shooting a little high. I would think more like twenty to twenty-five thousand as a bribe. 
wasn't, I mean, he probably doesn't know, but wasn't um, a month there starting just the room and board like 20000 Mm. I know we got to figure. It seems like that's a little high. It seems like it was like. I might have to do some research. Like 1500 a night. Well, I guess that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And then that did not include doctor's days. Yeah, but all and of it was he... in an envelope, though. How much can an envelope hold? Yeah. You know. Stacks of hundreds? If it stacks of hundreds, let's say, I don't know. I have no idea, but. Let's say it's 20000 a month and 10000 for her, so there's 50000 I don't okay. know. Okay. That's still. It's still kind of low. I feel like it's low, <laughs> but. Um, we did get a figure. I know we did. We did. But and that didn't include doctor's fees, which the doctor's fees have to be right, it, and treatment. She gave some astronomical amount, and she's like, and that's just food and right board or something. And then there's the doctor treatments on top of that. Yeah, and it was obviously enough to get him in. So plus, give her some to take home as a mm-hmm. bribe. So I don't know. I mean. I, don't know, I guess it doesn't matter that much, but it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. He's got a lot of money under that fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cuts to Romero talking to Vicky at Pineview, and she is telling him that they don't have any openings, and there can be up to 30 people on the wait list, and she suggests he get on other wait lists. Romero says he needs to be in this one because it is close. It's the only one like this in the area. He reaches into his jacket and pulls out an envelope of money. He says his mom was in and out of these places and knows how it works. He says there's always a bed for a senator's kid or some CEO's son. She says she's failing to understand. (laughs) He says there should be enough for a couple months' stay and some for herself, and after that, Norman will be on his insurance. She asks if Norman is related to him, and he says he is marrying his mother. (laughs) (laughs) Never in squeak. Yes, and the big squee moment. <laughs> no marrow shippers. <laughs> I mean, we all knew yeah. when we saw him there. I'm like, he's going to marry her. <laughs> he's going to solve the problems. But that was awesome. Uh, okay, so next we see Norma and Norman in the living room. And Norman is reading out loud. Great expectations. <laughs> And Norma is looking out the window at the pit. She pictures Audrey's body in the pit and someone shoveling dirt into her. Norma tells Norman he's been reading a long time and he should go upstairs and take a nap. She tells him she has a lot of chores to do. She says she's, she says he's been through a lot and should go rest. He says he will and kisses her. <laughs> I just love that he's standing there reading out loud. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, now let's read Great Expectations. (laughs) I don't know. I got such a kick out of that. (laughs) Such a kick out of that. It's pretty funny. Uh, And yeah, I put it in there that it's her picturing because that's the only thing I thought. <laughs> so, well, you know, you're the like you said, you watch these very intimately and closely, yes. taking the notes. I watched it 
three times. Although, I didn't say this, but I did watch it live, but I totally, I thought it started at 8, and it starts at 7. Mm-hmm. And so it was 7.15, I was like, it doesn't start at 8, does it, to Rob? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, no, but I better check. And so I checked, and I saw... I turned it on the live thing and it was Norma and I'm like, is this last episode? Is it last episode? And then I didn't realize and I'm like, crap. But I couldn't resist so I watched it anyway. So I watched it without seeing the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I... So I didn't I didn't know what happened with Mrs. Dakota, Audrey. But I was here for this part. Right, and I kind of have... This, I wish it came on an eight, eight instead of seven. Seven's just a little early for me to be sitting seven, down and yeah. watching a, mo- a show. Oh yeah, I've got you know the kids still, but yeah. I do it because I want you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm usually happens. we're usually just about dishing up dinner at seven ish, and I'm not going to sit there and watch this while I'm right. in there with Cam. That's that's rude. You know. <laughs> right. Most days, and especially Mondays, I try and get dinner on a little earlier. I got young kids. They, yeah. They are like, both of them are like done at 8 o'clock. Scout puts herself to bed. <laughs> She's a busy kid. <laughs> <laughs> and 8 comes around and she's done. <laughs> anyway, so 8 would be a lot better for me because at 7 it's kind of like dish time and whatever. We've usually eaten dinner, but anyway. I'm just pleased that we get it because it really does not air in Utah until 10 o'clock. But for some weird reason, the Xfinity app plays it live. Live means like Eastern time. And I didn't know that. So it's just a little bonus that we actually get to watch it three hours early. Right. Right. So I'm going to take that bonus. And it's, I really missed, because you know, like, the Twitter is so fun, and my first watch is always with Twitter, mm-hmm. and it's I don't like missing that. It's a lot of fun, especially when Vera and Nestor are on Twittering. <laughs> I feel like I totally miss out. Right, right. Yeah, I'll have to try and get on. Maybe this Monday. It's, it's fun. Maybe I'll try and do an extra early dinner. Yeah. Um, okay. So next we see Norma climbing down a ladder into the pit. She walks around feeling for things in the water and finds the work glove. She looks inside the glove. <laughs> I just love it. She's like, oh, she she thinking a hand find? is going to be there. <laughs> I wonder if the thing She's like looking in the glove for a clue. <laughs> oh, Nancy Drew. I know. <laughs> and she hears a car pull up to the motel. She climbs out of the pit and sees a couple with a kid has pulled up. Norman says, Mother, what are you doing down there? She says she was checking to see how much water was in there, and there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there's a lot. (laughs) Yep, it's a lot. (laughs) Done. (laughs) I've assessed the situation. There's a lot of water in there. I can't believe that bit is 23 feet deep. I know. 
you picture that? <laughs> it's really deep. <laughs> she says, oh, wait. Uh, then she yells hello to the family and tells them she'll be right there. Norman says he'll do it because she is wet and covered in mud. They start arguing about who should check them in. <laughs> I didn't write it all down. But he's like, I'm the manager. <laughs> she finally says, fine, we'll do it together. <laughs> and starts walking and Norman grabs her. He says he can't have her checking in guests like that. He needs to protect her and tells her to go inside. He says he's not above making a scene. <laughs> And she says, okay, and starts running to the house. He says, there's no need to rush. She stops and says, okay, but you meet me back at the house as soon as you're done. He says, that's what I just said. <laughs> I love these two. I know, and I love the dual suspicion. It's so great. It's not always funny, but it's funny here. Yep. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, she walks up the stairs and looks back at him, and he is watching her. Then he turns around and walks to the office, and she starts running up to the house again. <laughs> oh, just so fantastic. Just, just they're, they're both so suspicious of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant to look it up, but her, her little raincoat and hat, it looks like the outfit... That Gene Kelly was wearing and singing in the rain is is it similar, hmm. or am I just like remembering it wrong? Just the no, color, the color in the hat just seemed really familiar to me. I don't know. I thought it was adorable. And I weirdly just saw a gif of him doing that dance like this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Anywho. She looked a little Paddington bearish. It was cute. Yep. Um, next, we see Norman in the office checking in the couple and their kid. They tell him they're surprised there are rooms available with the Cider Festival going on. They love how retro the hotel is. <laughs> so first thing, he looks so much like Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, I think our B&B should have a cider room. Oh, hey, there you go. I think, And it should be for pretentious cider-making hipsters. All right. I think that's. <laughs> I think we've only got one room unnamed. I knew we needed another room at least. So if any of you are a pretentious cider-making hipster, we got the cider room. The cider room. Done. Every room in the B&B is now named. Norman has put up pictures of all the different apple varieties. <laughs> yes, there's a poster with like 50 varieties of apples. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a lovely room. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next, we see Norma in her bedroom and her phone rings. It's Romero. He tells her he got Norman into Pineview. She asks how, and he says he will marry her if she still wants him to. <laughs> Because to him, he's got a little smile on his face. <laughs> and he's and you, he's like trembling. Mm-hmm. Oh, like it's a real proposal or something, you know. It's so cute. <laughs> he's so nervous. <laughs> and excited and just, yeah. he's feeling all the feels. Yeah. Okay. And so are we. Um, 
She asks how. Wait. She really doesn't know what to say. He says Pineview is going to fax some paperwork to fill out because Norman is 18 and he needs to sign a voluntary consent form. She says, oh, just, I just got this little feeling that this is exactly what she wanted last episode. And she was yeah. looking for it everywhere, looking for it in him. Just someone to help her solve this. Yeah. And here he is, just Batmanning it up. Batmarrow. Got him in. Got to sign these paperworks. Just, he's putting her in the mama bear bed. It's so, it was very sweet. Anyway. You know, you've been in situations where someone, you've been in a desperate situation and someone comes out and helps you and they seem to have all the answers and you just feel like, oh, thank you. Yes, you know? yes. And it just, it brought those feelings out in me. It was, it was good. Well, and she just shows it. She just really oh, doesn't man. know what to say. She just kind of has to sit down and she's like, whoa, you know. Yeah, you don't see her that. You just watch like about a ton of weight get lifted off her shoulders yes. right there. And yeah. man, Vera is so good. She's so good. She can portray so many things by just body movements and looks on her face. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Acting. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> <laughs> she says Norman is not in his right mind. Romero says it takes six weeks to get him in if they want involuntary commitment. Romero says unless he's dangerous, then he can expedite something. (laughs) (laughs) He asks if Norman is dangerous, and Norma says no. She says she will get Norman to sign. Romero says they are going to fax the paperwork to the motel office. She says, oh, crap. (laughs) Then thanks Romero about ten times and hangs up. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My favorite part of the scene, though, was when he hangs up. And he like um, he just he does this little blinky thing and he smiles. It's mm-hmm. adorable. Mm-hmm. He just smiles to himself. <laughs> yep, it's yep, it's awesome. Oh, I made a note. Norma totally makes Scout's exact lion face right after telling Romero that he isn't dangerous. Oh really? <laughs> Scout has a lion face, a total tell. But. Scout has the face on the whole time she's lying. (laughs) (laughs) It just flashed in Norma's face, and then it went away. But I was like, that's Scout's lying face! Oh, how funny. (laughs) It was awesome. No, Mom, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not tired. (laughs) Just little things kids lie about. The scout, scout has lies. a total tell. <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyways, I just had to point that out. It was, I've never seen anyone else have that exact face. Huh. I'll have to go back and view it. Which, which is amazing because she is lying. And so, I guess it's a... Is that like a wince or... It's this, um, almost like a benevolence washes over them, like, I'm not lying. (laughs) Gotcha. 
That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> See my sweet face? <laughs> but it's kind of, it's also kind of creepy because <laughs> it's like manufactured. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so next we see Norman in the office still checking in the family and we see the paperwork coming through the fax. They tell Norman they are from Portland and they make specialty cider there. Their kid says they use nine different kinds of apples and Norman says that's a lot of apples. Marnelli's uses 12. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Portland hipsters. <laughs> um... Norman says he is partial to the Arkansas black apple. Um, I've never heard of that apple. Me neither. But I don't claim to know my apples as well. <laughs> I, <don't either. laughs> I, I did I find the Angelus apple. Remember that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Wait, no, that was a peach. Dang it. Oh, that's right. It was a peach. When I buy apples, I get the gala. I like those. Yeah, we get a lot of those. Um, Norman says he is putting them in room seven for good luck. The woman tells Norman she wishes everybody in hospitality could be so hospitable. And Norman says, if you're not going to be working in hospitality and not be hospitable, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Norma was called out on not being hospitable yes. by Romero a couple seasons ago. It happens to be the line of work I'm in. And... <laughs> right. We're... We work with people who are on their vacation. <laughs> <laughs> um, they leave and Norman walks over to the fax machine and grabs the paperwork and reads it. That was um, a pretty good tension that you weren't sure if you heard it or not right the whole time he's talking or if he's just ignoring it and then you, they leave and you just hear this little ding of it being done and you're like crap I know <laughs> I know like maybe he won't notice maybe he won't almost notice. got away with it <laughs> <laughs> then next we see Dylan and Will at the hospital they're talking about when Will was a teacher Will says he taught Victorian literature Tennyson Dickens Hardy Dylan says, I didn't go to college, but I guess that's pretty obvious. Will says, it's not. Then thanks Dylan for being there for Emma through all this. Will says, if she makes it through, she's going to have a future. She won't be the girl planning on dying anymore. Dylan says he understands. Will says, if he is serious about having a relationship with her, he needs to think about something else besides pot. It's not where Emma's future is heading. If she has a future, and he says Dylan is too good to be doing that. Which, again, I disagree. Yeah, although... I think in a state where it's legal like it is in Oregon, I think it's a perfectly acceptable thing to be doing. Yeah, I do too. Um, But it might not look that way for to a ex-Victorian literature professor. Yeah. I... Um, But he's doing taxidermy, I mean... but I look at it also the fact that he encouraged him that he's too good to be doing that I mean could this guy be 
the new father figure that Dylan's totally craving. Yeah, I can see it going there. But how does he know? He doesn't know Dylan. I mean... Yeah, and that's the whole problem to this, is I think. He just doesn't get it. Although he's... If he really is that judgmental about being a pot salesman, he's giving him a lot of slack. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because he paid for, you know, <laughs> getting these lungs and <laughs> and he did stay a long time. Right, right. Which I don't think three days have actually gone by. It's probably just been 24 hours. Maybe just 24. But that's way enough to be at a hospital. Oh, yeah. That just seems, I mean, it is TV, but that just seems like a pretty quick turnaround for Emma to already be like. She's looking good. Yeah, the tube out of her. I mean, she just had a major organ transplant. (laughs) Right, major organ transplant. (laughs) But there's TV healing. We've all witnessed TV. Oh, yes, we have. It's a shush. It's a shush. Yes, it is. Um, Okay, so next we see Dylan go into Emma's hospital room. He says she doesn't need to talk if it hurts. She says she needs to take advantage of her sexy voice. (laughs) Um, She says she feels better than she sounds. She thanks him for coming out there. He says he can't stop thinking that there is nothing holding her back anymore. She is being unleashed onto the world and can do anything. She says she guesses that is true. He says he was thinking of going back to the barn to make sure Gunner hasn't burned it down. She asks if he thinks he'll be back, and he asks if she wants him to, and she grabs his hand and says yes. He kisses her on the cheek and leaves. Yeah, and this is the scene that I think, if it doesn't, it should have all the dilemma shippers worried, freaking out. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, it. I mean, I took it as Emma is, or Dylan is thinking. Will's right. I mean, he's thinking of bowing out. Bowing out, yeah. exactly. Like. But she did encourage him, and he seemed to take that encouragement as a good thing. He did, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these two, because I... they're doing something. They're doing something. I would like to see them stay together, and I want Will and Dylan to get along. Yeah. You know? Yeah, all of this was for naught. It wasn't. It's... But it's going to come to something. I also don't want Dylan to give up what's right now going to be his livelihood, because... He's put a lot of her dad is it. being judgmental against what he's doing. Yeah. So. No, I agree too. I don't think he should. Because I don't know what else Dylan could do. No, I don't either. It, you know. I mean, what would he rather Dylan be working like at a Jiffy Lube or something? I mean. Yeah. No offense against people who do, but I mean, he's got this beautiful land. He's not doing anything illegal. He's providing a pharmaceutical for people who need it someone's got to do it (laughs) you know right no and i look at it that way too but i just wonder if his dad is quite looking at it like that it's he may not have Will's obviously not looking at it like that and will may not realize that it is pharmaceutical exactly like i said he could be thinking he's just a grown-up gunner right right so it'll be a pothead that wants to grow pot but i don't and there's plenty of people out there like that Absolutely, yeah. But we know Dylan isn't one of those. I just don't want that little five-minute talk that he had with Will to be like, well, I'm not good enough for Emma. 
I don't know. I don't want him to second guess himself because Dylan's a great guy. Well, hopefully it goes the way of him convincing her that he is good enough. And Emma, I mean, what is this, the 40s? (laughs) 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 He doesn't need to be Emma's sole, you know. You're right. She can now go to college and have a career. Exactly. She can become a teacher. She can be the smarty pants in the family. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What, is he going to like... Does Will want him to take over his business? Because his business doesn't seem to be thriving. Right. Exactly. He doesn't have a lot of room to talk. Not to be rude or anything. Well, and his trade is taxidermy. It takes a special someone to get into that. You can't just... It takes his brother. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I don't see Dylan. I mean, you've got to... You've got to have just something about you that makes you get into taxidermy. You can't. Right. That's not an everyman. It's not. It's not like, well, I guess I'll learn this because I can make money off of it. I guess I'll learn no. how to do this, you know? No. You got to have a passion for it. No, and I don't think it's, you know, this great thriving business. It's obviously not. I mean. So he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on it right. in that right. way. So, yeah, it's not like he can make Dylan his apprentice. No, he, yeah, and he's not a, he's not a high-powered banker, you know. Right. So it's not like, you're not good enough for my daughter. He's just a taxidermist in a small town. And that, you know, more power to him, but. Sure. It's different than some high-powered lawyer that's like, you're not good enough for my daughter. Exactly. But, you know, it's like we talked about before. You know, this is the first time in during Emma's life that Will's been able to, like, picture a future for her. Yes, and he is overprotective, yeah. but he's kind of had to be. And there's going to – he needs some growth, and he needs some – Right, because – He's going to have some growth here. He's got to. Right, because that gloom is not there anymore. So, yep. Yeah, and he – you know, well, we imagine he's not going to have to – protect her from herself for overdoing it all these things that he's been major protecting her from right so needs to let the little butterfly fly exactly okay those are our thoughts on that (laughs) yes (laughs) you get them twice I just, I think it's, I think it was pretty significant. It might have hit itself in all this crazy um, Norma and Norman show, but I think that was very significant, the events we did see. I think so. I think it's going to play a pretty big part in the future of Dilemma. Yes. Um, So next we see Norman sitting in the motel office looking at the Pineview paperwork and suddenly we hear a man's voice saying, I'm sorry about everything. You're old enough to hear this. She's crazy, Norman. She always has been. Norman says, you're not here. It's part of the illness and I need to control it. You need, I need you to leave right now, please. (laughs) I just love this, please. Please. I love his finger wagging in the yes. air. <laughs> he did it again with he did it before with the apples. <laughs> I like the black. <laughs> I know it's just, just finger. <laughs> oh, and I swear, like Anthony Perkins did that in Psycho. He's just channeling. 
It's awesome. That character from the movie. So much right in this episode. Then we see a flashback of Norman hitting his dad with the blender. Then Norman's dad in the motel office and says, you know you didn't kill me. It's almost like the dad watched it too and said, nope. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that is not how it happened. <laughs> Norman says, I did. And his dad says, how do you know that? And Norman says, mother told me. His dad says, you didn't, she did. And we see a flash of Norma hitting him in the blender, with the blender. And his dad says, she lied to you. I should have stopped her. You didn't know. And you need to control her, Norman, before she destroys you. He kisses Norman on the forehead and disappears. Yeah, it's it's totally his mind, like, shushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, not that she w- he was a comforting figure so much, but, well, he can shush that, too. I I think that's what he's doing. I he's so confused right now and so horrified at what he thinks Norma has done that like he's he had to bring his dad into it to tell him it's okay or something. Yeah, you yeah. know, like psychologically that's super interesting. Yeah. As a TV TV viewer, you're like well, this doesn't make sense. Right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's... Because this is all in his mind. And so it's... I think he's, he brought his dad there to, to comfort and to, like, be on his side in these mm-hmm. thoughts that he's having about his mom. Like, to back him up. Like, yes, she's crazy. You need to control her. Yep. Like, it's reinforcing what he's been thinking. Yeah, and we just may see him again. Maybe. Yeah, there. Yeah. Um, Norman sits there for a moment. Then the camera changes, and we are looking at at the motel door from the outside and see Norman walk out of the office. The camera pans over, and Norma is there, hiding behind some (laughs) chairs. (laughs) And she runs into the office, cuts to inside the office, and Norma runs to the fax machine. <laughs> Little Norma capers <laughs> hiding behind the chairs. I just wish that couple had walked out. And she's like, Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Yeah, and I love, I love that we got a few views of Norman's fence on the pit. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pathetic. That hasn't gone anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Um, so yeah so she runs inside and the there's no paperwork on the fax machine (laughs) right (laughs) Um, so next we see Norma sneak into the kitchen from the outside door and Norman turns on the light (laughs) and says I thought I told you to stay in the house (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Norma says she just went out to throw out some trash she says Maybe they should go out to eat. And he says they shouldn't go anywhere. She says she can make a turkey pot pie. (laughs) Good grief. (laughs) Woman. Turkey pot pie is just her go-to. foods out there that are easier to prepare. (laughs) And you get the feeling she does homemade crust and everything. Yes. There's no way. It's like turkey pot pie is not a throw-together weeknight dinner, people. (laughs) 
No, it's not. In fact, I enjoy it, but I I haven't made it in probably six or seven years because it's such a pain in the butt. <laughs> I make it maybe once a year at best. And I usually use store-bought crust. <laughs> 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 I just think, oh man, you cannot go from maybe we should just eat out to I'll make a turkey pot pie. <laughs> no, there's so many. Where are things. the sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good point. Where are the sandwiches this season? If you've Have got been turkey, <laughs> you can make a sandwich. <laughs> This episode about... was right for sandwiches. I mean, just, yes, this is a fraction of the time. I really, all kidding aside, there is something about pot pies and comfort for Norma. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there has to be. There's a correlation between that being like the ultimate comfort food it, or something. Yes, yes. It, it plays into the like beautiful home with the mother that makes turkey pot pie for dinner from scratch you know it the plays norman rockwell up. yes it setting, totally plays you know. to that yeah it does i but agree good grief didn't they have one last episode did they yes i swear they did she made chicken know. and rosemary no yeah <laughs> <laughs> you suppressed that memory <laughs> um, so so she says she can make a turkey pot pie and starts getting things out of the fridge he stands there and watches her peel a carrot <laughs> I just love Which is another odd thing. she grabs a bowl walks over to the kitchen table and peels the carrot into the bowl <laughs> so, you just make it dishes for yourself. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, if you don't have a garbage disposal, do that into the garbage can. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess aesthetics of filming. That's yes. A total she had to do it in front of us. TV or movie exactly. thing. So whatever. But as a cook, it bothers me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, she says that he should go up and take a bath. He says he is not leaving her alone because he doesn't trust her. She says that's silly, and he says it's not. It's incredibly real, and it's frightening. He says he's afraid of her, and he loves her, and that's a bad combination. He says he doesn't think she's in her right mind, and she is trying to sabotage him. She says she isn't doing anything. She is just making a turkey pot pie, and she keeps peeling the carrot. <laughs> yeah, this was pretty heartbreaking on Norman's part. Yeah. I mean, he was a little overbearing for a minute, but then he gets pretty it's touching. It, it his is. side of it. He, I mean, really, his side of it is touching. Well, and it's just got to be... Norma can shush all she wants, but this has got to be so freaking rattling to you. Like, oh, oh, how could it not be, you know? Yeah. Your son is... I mean, he hasn't accused her yet of killing anybody, but, like, her crazy son is accusing her of being the crazy one. Yeah, and all the implications that, that could, I think she's going through them all, and it's frightening. Yeah. And he is a scary person, and she knows he's capable of 
cheerleading things. Yeah. I don't know. Well, in the back of her mind, she's probably still wondering if he killed Audrey or not. You know, because Audrey's gone and her luggage is gone. So she's probably like, no, she checked out. Norman must just be imagining this. But why would he imagine that and be so specific? Like, I saw you hide her in the freezer. I mean, I just can't imagine what's going on in her mind, you know. Yeah, and the freezer stuff was scary. The animals were out there and he was quite accusatory. Yeah. Convincingly accusatory. I saw you put her in the freezer and, you know. I mean, Right. And these animals are melting here. and Yeah. So some oh, something did happen. Something happened. The animals are proof of that. She can't shush that. She can try, <laughs> and I think she did try. Yeah. But yeah, her shush is working on overtime. Yes. <laughs> Uh, next we see them sitting at the table. Norma is eating a piece of the pot pie and Norman is watching her. Did you notice her just so quietly say, mm, that's good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or that's nice. Yep. Says, mm, that's nice. Yep. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> she tells him to stop it. And he says he can't. That's the problem. It's not my doing. Oh, he's being such an ass here. I know. <laughs> There's only one way to stop it, and I don't want to do it. <clears throat> she says, Norman, you're scaring me. And he says, I'm not going to lie. Mother, you should be scared. We should all be scared. I know about you now. I understand things. There's something dark in you, Mother, something that needs to be stopped. I know you killed that woman, the one who was here but didn't check out. I saw you scrabbling about in the pit. Scrabbling. <laughs> trying to cover up your crime so I wouldn't know. I think you killed Bradley Martin and Blair Watson because you were jealous of both of them. And you, you, you are trying to blame me. You're trying to pin it all on me and have me locked up. Well, I'm not going to let you do that. Norma jumps up and starts to run, and Norman yells, Mother, get back here right now. Norma runs up the stairs, and he goes up after her. She runs into her room and reaches under her mattress. He walks in holding her gun and says, You're looking for this, aren't you? Oh, that was... Oh, my gosh. Oh, seeing her just... Nothing to do but just scramble out of her seat and run for her life. But he was so scary, man. Um... She tells him to give her the gun. He says, poor little Norma. She is crying and walking toward him. He says, you can't. He says, he can't give her the gun. She says, yes, he can. And he says, mother. And she says, what? And she touches his hair and starts to kiss him really close to his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He says to stop it. And she says, she is. She says she has kissed him a thousand times before. (laughs) She keeps kissing him, and she almost has her hand on the gun, and he pushes her, and she screams and runs out of the room. She runs into Norman's room and locks the door. She calls Romero and gets his voicemail. She leaves him a message, basically whispering into the phone, and says she is worried about Norman, and if there was anything he could do that night. He should be admitted right then. I was surprised she didn't actually say, I'm... He's got a gun. Scared. (laughs) I thought she'd actually say, okay, yes, I am scared. He's dangerous. <laughs> Come right now. <laughs> yeah. I. 
but she's saying she's it all right here, and just how she's like whispering into the phone is right. I mean, there's no way you get that message and go, "I got to be right there." <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I she think could be she dead already. <laughs> he could read between the lines, but it's again, don't make me say it. You know the truth. Don't make me say it. Exactly. That's her song. Norma Romero's song is. This is the story. (laughs) Norma's song is, don't make me say it. You know it. Oh, who is going to write this musical? (laughs) We have it half written for you. (laughs) Norma's is, it's not me, it's you. (laughs) And then he's got a little cello just called Mother. (laughs) she says that she also wanted to tell him that she is grateful for what he has done for her and what he has been to her and she hangs up me Uh, can you imagine getting that voicemail? <laughs> oh, man. I bet he lost his crap. <laughs> oh, he grabbed one of his deputies. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. we're going to the beach. <laughs> I'll fill you in later. <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed the one that doesn't ask questions. He did not grab Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> he brought the dumb one. <laughs> Just get in the car and go with me. <laughs> So, so yeah, basically in the kitchen, I mean, he just admitted to her that he killed Bradley Martin, right? <laughs> yep. And Blair. Yeah, I think that she has nothing to do but decide that <laughs> he killed all those people. Yep. And the woman in the motel. Now, why doesn't he remember that that's Emma's mom? Why does he keep calling her like the woman with red hair and stuff? Because that is Norma that knew that information. Mother, head Norma. I don't think he has access to that information. Uh, okay. He saw a snippet of her okay. hiding the body. Right. But You're right. he doesn't know what she knows because he's split. Okay. You're right. He only knows about Bradley Martin because he helped her cover it up. (laughs) Yep. And Blair Watson, same kind of thing. She admitted it to him. Right, 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 right. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Because I kept thinking, why doesn't he remember that this is Emma's mother? (laughs) 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 There. Norman isn't here right now. <laughs> Norman, go bye-bye. <laughs> so, yeah, what a scene. And, oh, man, when he called her poor little Norma. Whoa, what was that? I yeah. don't know. I just think he's just seeing her as the child and his he is the parent or something. Mm-hmm. Like a role switch between the two. There is, and there is a lot of anger about how she has been deceiving him and pinning it on him. Right. There's a lot of anger there. Well, a lot. Yeah, and it could be he's like kind of doing it sarcastically like 
you know, because she's crying and walking slowly towards him, and he could be like, here's where her manipulation comes in, you know? Oh, yeah. It's total horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, this was... Oh, man, when he's standing there with the gun, when she's, like, looking under the bed, oh. Yeah, this was... This was... Straight out of a horror movie. It really, yeah. From here on up, from this scene out, it's straight horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next we see the outside of the Bates house, and it's dark. It cuts to inside, and you can hear a movie playing in the background. Norma leaves Norman's room and goes downstairs. She walks into the living room. The movie is playing on a laptop, and Norman is not around. She walks around and gets a pair of scissors out of a drawer. With a big pair of scissors, too. That was, <laughs> that was like gardening shit. Yes. <laughs> um, then she goes down to the cellar, even though everyone watching is yelling at their TV, telling her not to. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. <laughs> um, the lights are out in the cellar. Then Norman suddenly turns the light on. He is sitting... Oh, I've got to, I have to give a little shout out to the uh, little thing that was playing. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, do you know what that was? Um, I don't. I recognize Bob Hope. I thought it was Bob Hope. And But I just, it was some song about Chicago style, and one of the guys' name was Harold. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard someone say Harold. <laughs> I thought, oh. <laughs> I thought of you, Harold. <laughs> Harold may know what that was. Yeah, was it Bob Hope and um, who's the guy that sees that little drummer boy with David Bowie? Um, Harry Como? No. No. Oh, uh. What? Oh. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, yeah. Was it him? That makes a lot of sense. I think, I it, think, was, they did a I lot think it was Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. This is going to be easily looked at the <laughs> 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 Um. Okay, the lights are out in the cellar, then Norman suddenly turns the light on. He is sitting at his taxidermy table. He says, I know this was the best way to get you, to ignore you, that you'd start worrying about me because you know I had a gun, because you do love me, mother. That's the heartbreak of it all. He turns around, and he has the Pineview paperwork in his hand. He says he found it, and it's bad timing, but he is not going to let them lock him up because he is not the one doing crazy things. What did he mean by bad timing? I don't know. Bad timing on his part or on her part? Well, or on uh, the facts' part? <laughs> what I'm thinking he means is that she, in his mind, she is full-on crazy, and this is really bad timing for him to get locked up and leave her alone. Ah, That's the only thing I can. I get heartbroken knowing that he really did know that she'd be worried about him. I know. He's right. It is the heartbreak of it all because I totally bought it that he sat there thinking, okay, she loves me so much. She's going to be worried that she's going to get out of her safe place Mm -hmm. and come looking for me. And that's how I'm going to get to her. Yep. Oh, I know. Good grief. That's devastating. It is. It is like he knows her so well. And it is. It's just because he knows he lo- she loves him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ah. <laughs> Damn you, Carrie. And Carl. 
before the show, I was perfectly content to think that Norma Bates was a horrible, horrible person in real life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just this horrible old lady afraid of sex. <laughs> I know. It's, like, it's her fault Norman's the way she is. <laughs> Oh. That thinks anything about sex is dirty. <laughs> and she was just one of those people. Yep, exactly. And he's well rid of her. <laughs> yes, it's good that she's dead because she's a horrible person. <laughs> and we're like, don't die, don't die. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um,. He's not going to let them lock him up because he's not the one doing crazy things. She tells him that he needs to trust her, and he says he can't. She says it is a nice place, and she knows they can help him, and he just needs to sign the commitment papers. He says, and leave you here to run amok? So I, that is what he means. I'm, I'm sure it is, that that's the bad timing. Hmm. It's not a good time to leave her alone. Cause she's Catherine this. texts me, and she's like, I thought of you when I heard that, because... Amok's one of my very favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word, I love the meaning, and I love the way it's spelled. <laughs> it is a great word. <laughs> She's like, she had to text me. I bet you like that. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> um, he picks up the gun and asks what's behind her back, and she says nothing. She says, Norman, don't do this. He says, oh, this is sad. He says, we just don't belong in this world anymore, Mother. We're broken. We've tried. We want peace and happiness, but the world just won't allow it. So let's take ourselves out of the equation, because whatever there is after this, we will have peace and we will be together. She says, oh. It's sad, because you can kind of... It'd be beautiful if she was saying that to him and just killed him. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, he is too... He... In a way, he is too beautiful to go through this, and it's so sad. Not her. Mm-hmm. Just him, but he's bringing her into it, and... Ugh. I know. You could see that being, like, maybe that would be best if she did shoot him right now. We know she won't, but... He doesn't deserve all this. No, he doesn't, because he is... It's this. He's the sweetest boy that ever. <laughs> it's this damn illness. Yeah. This damn Hollywood illness. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Which is the heartbreak of it? You know, it's like, oh. Yeah, I. I have a lot of feels about. I did some. I watched the movie Love and Mercy yesterday. Uh huh. Have you heard about it? Uh huh. It's the story of Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And John Cusack and Paul Dano yeah. play him as younger and then eight, like 60s Brian and 80s Brian. Right. It was phenomenal. I really loved it. And, oh, and Paul Giamatti is the evil psychiatrist guy. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, Sue, you have to Redbox it. You can't stream it anywhere okay. because you have to buy it. It's one of those that they're not letting you rent. Right. But it's a Redbox. Oh, my gosh. Paul Giamatti is so good. 
Yeah, I'll have to and watch I, that. I, I have heard of it. I just didn't recognize the name. I hate the Beach Boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you have to hear quite a bit of their music. Uh, and I've always heard that Brian Wilson is a genius, you know, a music genius. Right. And I knew that he went a little crazy, had nervous breakdowns, but I did not know the story. And it was so good, but it was so heartbreaking. And I watched it sandwiched in between watching this episode of Bait. And there was a lot of mm. people struggling with mental illness and mama burying the crap out of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I had a very, like, it, it all encompassed into having a very tender feelings about people suffering from these mental illnesses and where they don't have a lot of control over their welfare. Mm -hmm. Other people have that control. It They paralleled pretty nicely. Huh. Different situations, but it just, it made me just feel a lot of feelings about the subject. Yeah. It was so good. I meant to watch it because uh, John Cusack, yeah. did a nerdist oh, and so talked about it oh, really? and i was like you know i never would have watched a movie about brian wilson but or anything oh about i saw paul dano guys. and i'm like i'm in yeah you know i'm kind of a paul dano super fan right so yeah i'm but glad he seeing, reminded me of it yeah all three of those actors and they're just brilliant and it's good and i really i really got an a nice respect for Brian Wilson and I can't believe what he went through and I respected him as a musician and it was interesting because you know I hate the beach I, I think of the Beach Boys and I think of you know California surfing USA just crap yeah you know yeah I'm, it's not my thing right and <laughs> that wasn't his thing either he was kind of forced to by his father and by his brothers and cousins and he didn't like it, and so he started. He did the Pet Sounds, which I've always known as you know in the top five albums always. Right, right. Of most brilliant albums of all time, I've never listened to it, actually. But I don't know. It just it was really good. So sorry. What Emily's been watching. <laughs> 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 but it was relevant because it was about someone suffering from mental illness and having not a lot of control over their situation. Other people are controlling it. Right. Um, hopefully Norman's doesn't get to the point that Brian's did. But anyway, worth watching, you guys. It kind of pairs in, and it was a really, really <clears throat> good. And even if you don't like the Beach Boys, it's super good. Super good. If you do like the Beach Boys, I imagine it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It, I drew parallels a lot in my head because I I watched it I watched it yesterday like in between mm -hmm. watching my first view, and then this and then I watched it again and so there was a lot of the same stuff going on gotcha. anyway. Okay, okay. That's what M's been watching. That's what M's been watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Norma says they can have peace and be happy. He just needs to trust her. They hear footsteps upstairs, and Romero starts yelling for Norma. She tells Norman she is sorry, but she had to do it, and she takes the gun. Romero and a deputy run down to the cellar. Romero tells Norman he has to come with him. They will get him some help. Norman and the deputy start up the stairs. Uh, Norma tells Romero that Norman won't sign the papers, and Romero says he will have to take Norman to county. He's not 
letting him stay there. And he goes up the stairs. Norma grabs the papers and runs after them. While they're walking down the outside stairs, and she's yelling for them to wait. She begs Norman to sign the papers. She promises it's not like County. He signs the papers. She thanks him and tells him she loves him. He gets in Romero's truck, and they drive away. Mm. And it ends. There's nothing like hearing Romero's panicked voice on Norma. Oh, man. In the middle of that scene. You're like, yay, I've been waiting for you. Oh. And you're so scared for Norma. It's so cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, he's just, I think he would do that into any household that he knows there's a dangerous situation. But, man, it just ups the, the ante oh, yeah. when it's Norma, you know. Oh, sure. It just makes it so much more personal for him. Uh-huh. And, and oh, can you imagine getting that voicemail from her? Oh, no. I I can just picture it. He heard that voicemail. He grabbed his deputy and said, we're going to the Bates. <laughs> Don't ask any questions. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, I'd be surprised. The house is completely dark, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised if he even took the time to find someone to take with him. I don't like I think if that guy wasn't maybe even in his car or if he wasn't at the deputy's office at that point. Right. He wouldn't have gone to get another person. No, no. It was like, you're you're coming with me, you know? Yeah. No, he didn't take the time. But man. Oh, and when I went on my first viewing, when I first heard the footsteps, I was like, don't be Dylan. Don't be Dylan. (laughs) Because, <laughs> man, what would have happened if Dylan's the one that walked in on him? Hey, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I I didn't even think of that ever because it was it was always going to be Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan needed to be there. <laughs> Dylan did, and when he said he was going to the cabin, I was like, "The cabin? Your mom needs you. <laughs> You're crazy. Go to the house. <laughs> Emma needs you too, but the cabin does not need you. Your mother needs you. Yeah." Gunner's not burning down the barn. Nah. He might be smoking all your weed. <laughs> that's, yes, that's what you should be more worried about. <laughs> but, oh, man. Gunner's all right. He's got this. What an amazing episode. Yeah, that was amazing. And just what a... Freddie was just amazing. He had such great lines, and you can just imagine when he got the script, he was like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it gave us such an insight into his mind, you know, just yeah. where his thoughts are. Like, why? I don't know. I You just seem to get a little bit better of an understanding. Oh, it was phenomenal. And yeah, we did. We saw into... We we got a... I think we can work out a pretty good picture of what is mental illness is. Hollywood or not. We Yeah. And it doesn't... It doesn't seem to stray much from Norman and Psycho's. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't at all. He has gone to the point of putting a wig on to look like her and her dress. But, you know, we've seen him in a robe. But I could see him getting to that point. 
Well, because he thinks he's her, so he's putting on her clothes. Mm-hmm. You know? If I thought I was Cam, I'd be putting on Cam's jeans and my work boots, you know? So yes. he thinks he thinks he's her. So why would he wear Norman's clothes? He's her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The wig, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's this was great. It was great. It was. It was almost a perfect episode. I give it nine Arkansas black apples. Yeah, I'm totally at a nine there too. Lost a point, no chick. <laughs> lost a point. I would say, in my mind, it lost half a point for No Chick because it was just good enough. I can't give it a full point because. But the other half was just uh, the dad. But I'm okay with it now. I'm more okay with it than the beginning of yeah. talking about it. I take a little off for that. And frankly, I'm just going to have to take a little off that I'm getting to that point where I think that there's going to be a better episode where yeah. some really great Normaro stuff happens. Right, right. I mean, this was good stuff, but there's better stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you have a what the bit? So I need to leave a little wiggle room for those of I got you. <laughs> so I give it a nine. Um, I didn't come up with a what the bit. Okay, yes. Norma wiping her face with that muddy glove and not noticing she got mud all over like her face. Caked on mud. <laughs> that, you know, a five-year-old would realize that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to what the bit the direction or whatever it is that did that. Gotcha. Because that was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I think it was just meant for laughs or something. It was, and I can appreciate, I can appreciate that, it. but it still gets a what the bip. Yep. Uh, I have a where the bip is Audrey. <laughs> That's my <laughs> That's what the bip. One. Where is she? <laughs> I don't think she's in the pit. No. It's possible, but no. He would have had to bury her pretty fetching deep for that water not to bring her floating back up. You know? Yes. And I just can't accept that Norman in Norma mode would climb down, get a ladder. Yep. Nope. Well, I guess he could just throw it, but he'd have to do something, especially since she didn't discover it. it I don't know. Yep. I think... I don't think he got that dirty and didn't go into the pit to shovel her in. Yep. I don't it's, think she's behind them no matter in. Yeah. Or she's alive. I I think she's dead. I don't think she's alive and got up and got out of the freezer and bailed. I, I think she's dead and I think he hastily put her and her luggage somewhere and they're gonna come across her. Oh yeah. We're gonna be coming across her. Yep. Alive or dead. Yep. So and it just, we were so convinced last time that it was going to open, that we were going to get a scene of Norma walking in on her in the living room being dead, you know. <laughs> and this was just so much better. 
So, well, I just tried to look up the preview, and there doesn't seem to be one. Okay. I looked up. Okay, so let's finish up. Okay. I found out the title. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it made me squee a little bit. <laughs> and be sad a little bit. <laughs> so, send us feedback to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Yes, Mother. Give us an iTunes review. Yeah, we have one of those in a long time. Yep. Shamefully long. <laughs> <laughs> and we also forgot. We keep forgetting about the contest. <laughs> we are the worst. We're going to have to do another one and just piggyback it. Oh, Bib. The contest. I've been getting a guilty feeling. Once in a while, I'll think of it and be like, ugh. Here's the problem, guys. We divided up your postcards. Yep. And then we were going to buy the keys, and we needed to buy like seven of them. And I went to do that, and they charge. They made me. They would have made me pay the exorbitant shipping costs for each key individually. Yeah, I couldn't just like buy a bulk of them and have like a normal shipping charge. I would have paid at least as much shipping as I did on these, you know, pretty cheap keys, keychains. So I've been meaning to find someone I can contact to ask them, hey. I don't want any freebies here. I'm not asking for that. I just would like a. We're doing a contest, and I'd like to purchase these keys, but I don't want to pay. They just don't let you put a few in the cart and just pay a little bit of shipping. That They're, is stupid. It's set up stupidly. That it's it's not set up for someone to buy more than one. Right. And sorry, guys. We love you, but we're you know. <laughs> we don't right. ask for any money on this podcast. Anything is out of pocket. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and we're willing to buy, but I'm just, yep. I, I am drawing the line at the shipping cost thing, and I'm sure someone could help me out, but I need to, it's just, it hasn't been on my mind enough to, like, actually do that. Yep. But we did, we divided out the fan art. Emily and I did that during an incredibly boring family reunion that we went to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so... Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. It's on our minds. You're not forgotten. We're just lame, and there's that shipping problem. Yes. We'll get it figured out. <laughs> or we'll just find something else to give them. Yeah, I'll try. I'll, maybe I can just find a contact us. And... Right. All right, I'm going to put that on my schedule. Okay. <laughs> I'm busy, but I I can fit that in. Okay. Anyway, yay. So, join us next week. Yep. Oh, I just know it's going to be a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man, um, I'm so excited. Yeah, and there will be a... We don't have much to spoil. I mean, we know... I think we'll... There's no preview, so... So, the spoiler will be the title of, this, the, title of the next right. episode, basically. Oh, and a little bit of what Julia thought. Oh, that's right. Which she may have found some sort of digging in spoiler. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> We're trying to keep ourselves spoiler free. Maybe something ran in the UK that didn't run here. Is Julia UK? I thought so. Is she not? 
I don't think that Julia is, but I think we have a Julia oh. that is UK, but I think she's a Buffy person. I'm not sure she's a yes mother person. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. All right. All right. Join us next time or for our super short spoiler. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Kill your own ass. Yes, that's it. Uh, this episode will be the recap episode of Goodnight Mother. Is that good enough? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just kind of meant for like, okay, this is the... Uh, oh, I see. Okay. This is the podcast where we... Okay. Or, so, you know, say podcast. <laughs> take two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when are they sending it? Uh, well, anytime. It could be now. I just, I give me your office facts. The motel office? Yeah. Oh, crap. Crap. What? Uh, um, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Alex. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Oh, my gosh, will you stop it? I can't. I can't. That's the problem. It's not my doing. There's only one way to stop it, and I don't want to do it. Norman, you're scaring me. I'm not going to lie, Mother. You should be scared. We should all be scared. I know about you now. I understand things. There's something dark in you, Mother. Something that needs to be stopped. I know you killed that woman. The one who was here, but didn't check out. I saw you scrabbling about in that pit, trying to cover up your crime so I wouldn't know. I think you killed Bradley Martin and Blair Watson because you were jealous of both of them. I think you killed my father. And you, you, you are trying to blame me. You are trying to pin it all on me and have me locked up. Well, I am not going to let you do that.
Okay, so what is the okay. next one called? It's called Till Death Do Us Part. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. I hear wedding bells and death. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's... That title could go huh? a couple different ways. <laughs> 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 oh, it's called Till Death Do You Part. Oh, called... Norma and Romero take a big step together. Norman attempts to accept his new circumstances. Dylan tries to shed old business. Oh, there it is. Dylan's doing it. Sue does not approve. Nope. (laughs) I don't. I think that's bull. (laughs) Emily's going to wait. Maybe he does figure something else out he can do but it is kind of bull it is but there's something sweet in the fact that he's willing to do it to get ammo yeah but I don't like people getting bullying into doing that I would rather Dylan have come up with that on his own than have Emma's dad be the one that suggests it well I think bullying is a little Uh... harsh because Dylan yeah. flat out agreed, and he was pretty nice about it. I don't. You can look at it as bullying, I suppose, but well, bullying's the wrong word. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No. Yeah, I do. Um. So this is interesting. Okay. So. Norman attempts to accept his new circumstances. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is not the vibe I got. <laughs> <laughs> Although, weirdly, he did just sign the papers. He did. Almost like, okay. Well, well and he didn't struggle when Romero and the deputy came down. He just went right up the stairs with the deputy, mm-hmm. got into the truck with Romero. And I like that Romero had him in the front seat. I like that it wasn't he wasn't treating Norman like a you know, a felon or something, you know. Yeah. Didn't put him in the back seat and handcuff him or something, you know. No, no. You just let him sit in the front seat next to him. Like, everything's going to be okay, you know. And Norman went pretty willingly with him. He didn't fight. He did, which scared me. I know. (laughs) 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 Calm Norman is (laughs) scarier than crazy Norman. But I'm wondering, so he attempts, I wonder if he's just going to be putting on that air the whole time at the hospital, like, like, I'm perfectly fine, you know? Yes, and I think he feels armored with the fact that he knows the truth. So it's like, well, if I ride this out a little bit, maybe I can talk to someone that'll believe me that my mom's crazy (laughs) and killing people. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man, it's going to be good. Who knows how well that will go over. They could go either way. It could, but there's. I know right. there's going to be meds involved, too. There's no way he's in there without being on something. Yeah, and he also, he can't hide the crazy very long. Uh-uh. This, at this point, it's just coming out like crazy. Yeah. So there's no way he could be under doctors. He's not a sociopath. Uh-uh. He can't be under a doctor's care and locked up and not have it revealed, if you ask me. Right, I agree. I don't think he's... 
able to do that fancy footwork. I think we're in for some good times. I'm I'm okay with Norma and Norman being separated in this way for a little while. Because there's yeah. still going to be good times, because you know she's going to be there every day visiting. Yes. So there's still going to be some fantastic conversations between the two and <laughs> that we all love. So, And it'll be fascinating to see Norman away from her. Yes. And... Under doctor's care. Yeah, and see where that goes. Yep. See what happens. I know. There. I think it's going to be great. And we all know I'm really excited to see Norman out of the picture, so Romero and... Norma can have some time. Yeah, see what happens there. Yeah. Which Norman, Norma and Romero take a big step together. I don't think there's any mystery. <laughs> there's no mystery that that's not a wedding. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it's just like a city hall thing. <laughs> right. They've left no room there. Um, I, You can't be on Twitter and not see the little two scenes of these two. And one is them dressed up. He's in a suit. And she, I don't know if she's in a coat or a dress. Mm-hmm. And they're like dancing. He's like twirling her around. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, cute. <laughs> so I've seen that and there's also in one of the previews for the whole season there's a scene of those two I believe kissing in a room a bedroom hmm. they're standing by a window it's a long shot I've seen that I think that's the two of them at first I thought it was Romero and then one time when I watched it I was like is that Norman <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Romero <laughs> Now I don't know. <laughs> and I thought of Daniel. <laughs> I was like, Daniel would be so happy. Because <laughs> I really think that's Norman. Well, there is a not long shot of those two full on kissing. Which we said Daniel would be. <laughs> maybe that's maybe I'm confusing. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think of those two things I've seen. And I think. Nice. We're in for some good times, man. It's been so great already, and it's just two episodes in. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> um, so the hashtag that Julia did that we kind of considered might be spoilery is, it's in her PS. She says, PS, my room has been eerily quiet this whole season, but something tells me that will be changing next week. The hashtag, chicks back. With a question mark. So Chick's back. <laughs> yeah, so we have no preview to watch. We have no way of knowing if you're guessing, but it sounds like you're not. To me, it, it sounds, sounds like, like you have some sort of insider info. You've seen something <laughs> that we didn't see. Maybe she follows. Or maybe just some sort of casting call article. Yeah. You know, those happen all the time. And I read them last year. I knew, you know, I knew Ted Chow was coming back, right. was coming from Mad Men to be on the show, and I knew all these things. Right. Um, or maybe she follows, is it Ryan Murray, Murphy? Maybe she follows True. him on maybe Twitter he and he said three Or episode three. Yeah. So. Watch for me. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever the info is that she has, we don't have, and we're interested. <laughs> yes. I'm really excited that it looks like Chick will be back. And that will be interesting for Dylan's storyline, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Dylan gives Chick his land and, and pot business as a repayment. 
Hmm. What is Dylan going to do? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to take over the motel business. <laughs> well, I wonder what he did before moving to White Pine Bay. Yeah. You know, but he was what young. He was a teenager because he's only like 21, 22. Right. Maybe he'll go to school. Did he get fired? Did he call Norma? He called Norma from an empty room. Like he had no furniture. He was getting kicked out of his house because he says to her. Did he get fired? I think so. That seems right. Because I remember a conversation because she's like mad at him. She's like, why did you come back or something like that? And he's like, I lost my job. I lost my house. That's what people right. do when that happens. You, they you go, go back home. to your mom. <laughs> you <know>? go home. <laughs> And you left. <laughs> but we have no idea what that previous employment was. But he was just a teenager, so it couldn't have been like a big career, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll go to college. Yeah. I mean, there is a college there. And it's not too late. No. <laughs> no, he's still young. So. Well, I've said that because my husband's in college. Yeah, exactly. He's in his mid-30s. Yes. <laughs> So, I don't know. I'm interested. I I just love what's happening right now. Me too. I really do. I think it's just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> try not You're to get shaping my... up to be better again than season three. I know. And I'm just trying not to get my hopes up too much because I don't want to be like let down. Like, well, that was a clunker when it's really yeah. not. <laughs> you know. Do you mean the season or the next episode? Like the season. Or, yeah. you know, certain episodes during the season. Because, you know, they all can't top each other. But even the bad ones are good. You know? Yeah. Last year, the bad ones, I you know. I... The ones that people weren't too excited about were still really good episodes. <laughs> right. And watching them again, and I watched them so fast. Mm -hmm. And then and then I listened to all the podcasts. And I we said many times, when the ones that we didn't score very well, we said, I think in a rewatch, when you can binge these, this will be a great episode. Right. Oh, Lola's dreaming. <laughs> 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 I love that. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> anyway, um, chasing rabbits. Yeah. It always makes me laugh when bunnies dream. It's like bunnies chasing bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the muscles in their legs twitching, <laughs> <laughs> and their little like barks trying to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Where was I? <laughs> um, oh, talking about like how we were talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just. We said, we said, I know that these will be great in a rewatch, but when you have to watch them day to day, I mean, week, week, to, week to week, you're kind of like, oh, that was a setup. I just want to watch the next one. Right. <laughs> and not a lot happened. And so we'd give it a fairly low score, but we never went low. There was never one that we were like, this wasn't good. Right. They were all good. And I think that's going to be the same. But I agree. So far, these are just great standalone. I know. Awesome. I know. It's amazing. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is this week has made me really, really, really wish it would go fast. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like keep myself busy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you should watch Love and Mercy. I oh I, I totally will. Absolutely. I was convinced to watch it when I heard John Cusack on the Nerdist. So you reiterating it because I kind of forgot about it. So yeah, because it was like in the fall or something. It's been a while. Yeah, it came out last year. Yeah, it was probably fairly late in the year, but so well. All right. Cool. I'm starving. Yeah. And Scout will actually be home any second. Cam probably will, too. I'm going to go work on the camper some more. Okay. So, all right. Well. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the spoiler section. Yep. And we will talk to you next week. All right. All right. See ya. Bye.